Good day, dear listeners. Steve Nida here with the Management Blueprint Podcast. And my guest today is Ricky Martin, the co-founder and CEO of Kuru, a global platform connect companies to the impact they aspire to create in the world. Ricky, welcome to the show. Hey, Steve. It's great to be here. Well, you've got an exciting topic. We record over 180 episodes, but this has not come up. ESG, and you will explain what it is. So tell me, how did you stumble upon this idea of ESG to start a business in? And what the heck is ESG anyway? Yeah, absolutely. So the, I'll save the long drawn out history of my life, but I've always been inclined to do something good with business. I was involved in some startups and social enterprise. And ESG specifically stands for Environment, Social, and Governance. And this is a big framework that's getting a lot of traction lately that really looks at where companies are focusing their time, their efforts, some external funds, ensuring that they have a balanced initiative in these three different areas. So think of environmental sustainability, think of social governance, and, and everything that kind of combines that together. And so the business direction is one that we feel is really well suited. We're going on the up and up. It's increasing. And there's lots of data showing that companies that respond effectively to ESG perform better, and they have a whole bunch of other benefits as well. Okay, so ESG stands for Environmental Sustainability, Social Responsibility, and Governance? More, more or less, yeah. Environment, Social Governance, so those are three terms. And then there's sub-definitions of each of them, exactly. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, so, so why should a small business even think about uh, this? Uh, you're doing stuff with ESG, uh, Embrace ESG. What are the benefits for the for small business to invest energy and time and money into this area? It's, it's a great question, Steve, and one that I absolutely love. And we like to break it down into there's the financial return, which is one thing. You know, you're you're bound to make more money. You're bound to have better products and things like that. But the three main things that we talk about often are you can attract better talent. So think about your employee pool. You keep top talent. Or you can showcase that you're doing something great and pulling new talent. It attracts new customers. So your client base, whether you're B2B or B2C, you can increase your customers as well as investors. You're looking externally or internally. Saying that you're responding to these ESG movements is something that is really desirable from the investor standpoint. So pairing those all together, you have a recipe for success and growth as a small business. Okay. So what kind of talent can ESG attract? Can you give, uh, give me a, an example or two that when uh, being involved in uh, environmentally uh, friendly and sustainable practices and being socially uh, there and, and responsible and governing the business better, the organization better, that it attracts better talent. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one fun statistic that I like to bring out that a recent survey actually said that 77% of employees, so just over three quarters, are more inspired to or motivated to work at companies that have a strong sense of purpose. So that's a large number right there. And with the new generations coming in, the younger crowd, they really put a high value on finding companies that are committed to making the world a better place and are putting their foot down and saying, we're no longer plundering the planet just to reap as many profits as possible. But we actually want to do good. And so a specific example is you look at new generations going through software programs at school and they're looking for these tech companies or maybe a local business or a small startup. If there's companies that have mission reports versus ones that don't, or sustainability or ESG reports versus ones that don't, they're heavily leaning towards that side to say, I want to be part of a company that's not only progressing my own skill set, but I can find myself doing work that's actually meaningful. And that's what these new generations and the older ones are starting to realize is really beneficial. So hope that clarified that. Yeah, it's really interesting. 
I guess it's a function of people uh, not just, you know, it's not about survival anymore. It's so, I believe, I mean, I'm an immigrant, so I'm biased, but I believe it's so easy to make a living in this country. It's not really about whether I can put bread on the table. It's all about whether I can make a bigger impact, can be part of a, a bigger story, that I can be excited to get out of bed every morning because I'm furthering a mission that, that I'm very invested in. And I see my clients as well. If they can articulate their why in a compelling way, then it's like uh, honey for bees. People are love it. They want to be part of it. They want to be engaged. They bring all their emotional uh, energies to it. It's not just their intellectual capital and their hands, but they will actually be uh, thinking about it even outside ours, how they can uh, support the company. So that's definitely a great benefit. What about attracting customers? How do customers do they um, react the same? I mean, they are not part of the story themselves. Uh, what do they care? Yeah. And so another stat, we're going through my pitch deck here. So I know these numbers inside and out, but 90% of consumers in recent surveys have said they're more motivated to purchase from companies that are committed to making the world a better place. And so that's the beautiful thing is we are now in an era where companies are realizing that consumers and users of their products, whether they're new users that have never touched their brand before or existing ones, they're saying, if your product's sustainable, if you're thinking about the environment, if you have good governance within your company, they're actually more likely to switch over to your brand or your product or your service, even if, and stats are show this, even if it costs more than what you're originally using. And so 90% is a massive number. And, and this is one of those things that's really great because as a, a business owner that's in the space, you read the tea leaves and you say, okay, if we are actually helping companies create this change and make sure that their new their clientele, their old clientele, they know that they're making this change. A customer who's in a store looking at an aisle, they'll look for the green, the eco-friendly, or if they're online, I get ads all the time. These shoes are made from recycled water bottles, or this company is ensuring that every bit of technology it puts out, it also tries to revert and do some good with the world. And those are the companies that I'm drawn to. And I know that I'm not an outlier anymore. And it's only going to continue that go that direction. Yeah. I mean, it's great to know that you're not putting more burden on the environment. My kids as tell me that when they go to Goodwill to pick up some clothes, they don't do it because they necessarily don't have some pocket money. But they, they don't want to create more waste by buying a new garment that may be going to be out of fashion in a year. And maybe the quality is not that uh, reliable, not that uh, durable. And they'd rather pick something up that is going to be environmentally friendly. The other thing yeah. I see is this whole idea of fair trade. So you don't want to support companies that exploit people. So if you can pick up a tea that is fair trade, then that's going to be, that's going to taste better, right? Um, absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. So what about the investors? How does it make sense for investors? Don't they look for the most profitable investments? And why should they care about, uh, or how can they even afford to care about ESG if it maybe puts an extra cost burden on the company? Yeah. And so this is actually the, the tricky one. And I'll pull two stats for this one off the top of my head. So you're quizzing me here. But I, I know that on average nowadays, $1.4 million is put into ESG research by institutional investors. And that's basically saying that they're putting a lot of time and effort to say, okay, are our current portfolio companies paying attention to this? Or are future portfolio companies paying attention to this? And you're exactly right. But investors, their sole job is to create money, to create returns for their portfolio, their LPs and things like that. But the way that they look at it, look at those other two factors I just mentioned. If employees want to work for these companies, consumers want to purchase from these companies, 
then ergo, these companies are going to outperform companies that aren't paying attention to this work. So small business is a perfect example. If you have a small client base, you have a, a local you know, community presence, if you're looking for external investments, you could say, I'm supporting not only our business, we're not growing X, Y, Z month to month, but we're also supporting these local initiatives. We're also ensuring we have a, an equitable and diverse board. And through that, we actually believe that we can outperform the other competitors in our space. And the, the beautiful thing about this work, ESG, sustainability in general, and a lot of my research has actually covered this, is that we're finding creative ways to showcase that sustainable business practices are actually beneficial for business at the end of the day and from a variety of aspects. But you can actually cut costs. You can make your supply chain more lean. You can find new suppliers that are doing things at better prices. And I give example, if that's helpful, where you know, one of my favorite companies is a use case story, this Celestial Tea. You think the Sleepy Tea, there's a little bear on it. It's very well known. Their headquarters in Boulder, Colorado, where I got my master's. And at one point in time, they're responding to all these environmental movements. and They're trying to make their product a little bit more eco-friendly. And they were the first company that actually they got rid of the little string and the little tag on their tea bag that you're going to dip it in. And it maybe you get your a spoon to do it instead, or you get your fingers a little wet or something like that. But at the same time, if you're producing millions and millions of tea bags and all of a sudden you don't have a string, you don't have paper, you don't have printing for the little paper, that's cutting a massive cost and expense. It's also cutting a burden on what the actual production entails, a little staple, the paper, the pen, things like that. But at the end of the day, you're actually reducing the cost of what your end product is while becoming more sustainable. And those are the little angles that you have to look at how to be creative within your own business, your own niche. But that's a perfect example where an investor would look and say, you are sustainable, you are green, you are friendly, and you also reduce the cost of your product. Sign me up for this. Where do I put my money? Well, you picked the right example because I am a big tea drinker. And actually, I love those pots because I can stir them. With the exactly. stingy thing, it goes on the spoon and then it rips. I hate it, but I can use a chopstick. I can really quickly stir this pod. I can throw it out and I've got a quick tea, which I'm into. So I definitely be, uh, agree with this. And I think the bigger point here is that constraints catalyze creativity. So by Absolutely. putting a constraint on yourself, it has to be fair trade or it has to be cost, most cost conscious. It will actually force you to come up with better ways of doing things, which will end up being even more practical. So I love that. This is great. Yeah, I could not agree more. Now, the other point I want to make, you talked about this community and supporting the community. So I observed actually this gentleman uh, who owns a local Midas car uh, uh, repair shop chain now. It's it's now a chain. He's one of the most successful in the whole uh, Midas chain. His name is Mark Smith. He's here in Richmond. And he's very big on community support. So he's all the time, he's giving money to food banks. He's sponsoring marathon dances at high schools. And uh, he goes to disadvantaged uh, kids and helps, helps them with different uh, initiatives. And he puts this up on his social media and he's got a huge following. And I dare say, I mean, he's very profitable. His prices are actually higher than the competitors, mm -hmm. but he, his business is growing. He keeps opening new locations. He, his business is absolutely thriving. So this principle of community support attracting customers definitely seems to be through, through in his case as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if I could respond to that too, I think that's a perfect example. It's like it's a, it's a small business who's growing, getting more location, more location. And what you have to remember too, you still need a good product. I'm sure he fixes the car and does a top-notch job with it. 
But yeah. the fact that he's also supporting his community initiatives, he's thinking about it from a different perspective and showcasing it on his social media and things like that. Like, hey, we actually do care. We're more than just a, a car manufacturer or, or sorry, a mechanic fixing your car, but we're doing a couple steps beyond. And because of that, it looks like he's gaining some benefits from it. So that's a great use case. Yeah. So, okay, that's awesome. So what are other use cases? So how can a small business further an ESG agenda? So we talked about the community support. We, we talked about uh, innovative ways of cutting costs to, at the same time, improve the environmental friendliness of products. What are other ways of that companies can think about this uh, topic? Yeah, it, it's a good question. Uh, that's something that we kind of consult in and speak about from time to time as well. Is it's like, you know, you use one use case, like the T example or mechanic example, and, and this doesn't apply to all businesses, of course. But I think the, the, the underlying philosophy that I like to put forth is it takes a little bit of creativity, but every business has its unique assets or materials or locations or something that they're doing that sets them apart from other business sectors and what they're putting forth in the world. And I urge business owners to kind of put their thinking cap on it and work with their local stakeholders and say, how do I use what I have to encourage and help the community? And I use the term community just because a lot of local small businesses, they're not interested in supporting international causes. Like, you know, it's wonderful and great, but they want to help what's going on in their own backyard. And I think that's what they should be focusing on. And so a a good example is there's a, a small little coffee shop down the street here that I absolutely love. And I go to Starbucks every now and then, but I always prefer a small local brew. And every, I think it's every Friday and Tuesday night, they open up their place. They close at seven o'clock, but from like 6 30 until 9 30, they have just the community programs. And that's everything from school to local painting for underprivileged areas to really you name it. It's, it's widely across the board. And that's just a perfect use case. They have a space that's open for it. And instead of having a local nonprofit have to pay for operation costs to keep the lights on to another location, they just allow them to open the doors. And so that's a really simple use case. Another one I like to use, and, and this you'll think is you're listening, you're like, I'm not Uber, I'm not a large tech business. But just the other day, I was on Uber, the, the Drive Rideshare app, and I got a notification that says, Would you like to support the wildfires that are, or the fires that are happening over in Hawaii? And horrible occasion, definitely. But what Uber did was they realized that they had an extremely large network, users on the millions day to day. And by just incorporating a small little development change in their platform, they're able to say, hey, we're not profiting from this. We don't want to take anything from it, but we want to showcase that we believe what happened over there was, was terrible and we want to support it. And so what they did was they probably brought in a couple of developers out of their army of technical guys and they said, let's just put a little button that raises awareness, that raises some funds. And to me, this was such a brilliant but simple move because it showcased that Uber cares. You know, it could be for PR, it could be for marketing, but at the end of the day, they're probably funneling hundreds and thousands of dollars over to it. And it was because they were able to tap into what they already had, that network. And so a local community, a business, or a local technology company, they have access to networks, they have a platform, they have a location. And I think it's just looking at it, taking two steps back and saying, what do I have that maybe I take advantage of? Maybe it's a machine with warehouse space, or maybe it's some sort of equipment that I can pass along. And how do I encourage our employees to volunteer their time to support the local community? And how do I boil it all together into a friendly initiative that really helps out others that could use it? Yeah, that's great. Another way you were uh, explaining this, I remembered another example, perhaps. Uh, sometimes people are already doing good, but they're just not aware of it. And therefore, they cannot communicate with uh, And I had this his, this uh, CEO who was in, in a field group that I facilitated years ago, and he ran 
a laundry business, basically, you know, laundering linens for hospitals and for hotels. And he told the group that he was really struggling with attracting younger, high-flying executives to his, mm. his team. And it was a family-owned business and they badly needed some fresh blood. And the group brainstormed. And one of his arguments was that, the, one of his challenges was that it's a dirty business. It's no one wants to work in this. It's the environment is sort of steamy. It's hot. It's all these big machines. It's not high-tech. And then the group brainstormed and it turned out that they were actually using uh, chemicals which were environmentally friendly so they, they were really green and we also figured out that it gives a lot of comfort to people to get these clean linens in hospitals and hotels mm-hmm. so they started to communicate this and within six months they attracted two high-flying executives on their team who want to be part of this story of creating this green uh, movement in the laundry business it was uh, really fascinating yeah, man, maybe I need to hire you for our marketing because those are the, the perfect examples that you sometimes don't even realize that you're already taking these steps. And maybe you, you can purchase this or you went this direction because it was a, a great branded cleaning product or something like that. Or maybe he had in the back of his head, oh, I want to support the environment. But it's little decisions like that that can make such a large difference. And, and this was a perfect success story from that regard. I love that. So what does Corin does to help businesses create that positive impact? How, how can you guys get involved and what do you do? Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate you asking. So Koru, we like to say that we are a, a company's new private impact expert. That's one of our taglines. Like you mentioned at the beginning, we help companies make the change and, and create the world that they you know, should be and, and would like to help to build. And so we've done that by get the, the 10,000 foot view here, but we've created essentially a platform that acts as, I like to say, a dating app between companies and what we call impact organization. So using advanced technologies, we essentially have uh, an analysis function. So we look at where a company is, look at what's material to their business, what industry they're in, where they have geographic locations. And then we pair them with an organization that can help them do good, for lack of a better term. This could be a, a research group that's pushing forth with some really innovative research that's going to help with their business. It could be just a, a nonprofit, whether local or international, someplace they have a supply chain. And maybe it's in the same thematic region. So if they're a beverage company, they'll be supported water projects. And then we pair them together and we pull it all together with a, a nice, profound kind of database that allows them to really see the change that they're making. And so my, my whole philosophy, and like I said at the beginning, I've always been a proponent that business can be an extremely positive growth factor, a catalyst for change. And we're essentially tapping into this growing movement, all these stats that we're talking about, all this ESG and, and sustainability works. And we're trying to make it easy for companies. And, and at the end of the day, that's what, what Cobra is all about. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm also optimistic. I mean, maybe it's not good to be optimistic because it makes one complacent as well. But... <laughs> I'm kind of, I believe that uh, business, especially uh, American businesses, are going to figure this out how to save the environment. And it's already happening with the electric cars and with the uh, environmental uh, friendly materials and the self driving cars as well. And uh, and the the raising awareness. I think it is business that can actually be much more nimble and, and move faster than government. Government. If there's always going to be a controversy and tension and horse trading and all that stuff, but businesses can make, make a difference. When Amazon, uh, some years ago, when Amazon announced that they're going to go to net zero um, by 2030, I mean, this is awesome. I, I hope we are ho- uh, holding them accountable to do that, but mm-hmm. uh, it's the kind of stuff that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, so, so what are some of the emerging technologies? And we have to wrap up in a couple of minutes, but 
I wanted to uh, uh, still sneak in this question. What are some of the emerging technologies that help uh, people uh, take advantage of, of these ESG um, opportunities? Yeah, and it's a fun one. And I know we have to wrap up, but I could go for a while in this conversation. But nowadays, and this is something that, that Koru really supports, is that the idea that these advanced technologies, call them AI, generative capabilities, we've all heard of chat, GBT. But also there's other ones out there that are really changing the name of the game as far as what companies can do to support causes, but also the causes that people are aware of. So a good, really clean example is this look at the basic internet. 20, 30 years ago, there's no way to find a, a certain program or a social impact cause or organization. And now at the, the snap of a finger, even using Cobra's platform, but just Google in general, you can find certain causes. You can find organizations that you really care about. You can find ways, solutions for your own business to be more environmentally friendly. And so those are fairly basic technologies. You think about internet, so basic browser, computers and functions. But now the next stage in that is working with certain companies like Cobra, but also there's a wide variety out there that can really identify certain pain points within your supply chain. It can look at inefficiencies. It can incorporate really innovative technologies. Like a good example, one of our, our own team members like worked for sustainability at Chipotle for a while. And they put a little hockey puck-like sensor in their garbage cans that was able to figure out how often they were filling their cans to reduce the amount of times that trucks would come pick up their trash. So less trucks means less emissions, less truck pick loads mean they can fill up more and just you know there's lots of data behind it but you know everything from low flow toilets to more innovative light switches to AI and, and other natural language processing that's really helping enhance the efficacy of their work it's a wide wide world of, of extreme benefits that we can see and I'm loving the fact that technology is only going on the up and up and I, I think we're only going to see more benefits and more supporting of companies and individuals trying to really bolster their own ESG initiatives at the end of the day that is awesome. And it helps me be optimistic, and I just have to avoid the complacency. So fantastic. So if, if, you're, if our listeners would like to learn more and check out what you guys can offer and how if they, they are small or medium or large business, and they want to get more engaged and they want maybe uh, a menu of solutions that they could pick whatever works for them, how do they find you guys? Yeah, so uh, the easiest way is just go to our website. So it's koru.global. Simple as that. And that's K-O-R-U.global. And I'm happy to fill all email, yeah, any inquiries, anything like that. If you want to reach out, my email is just ricky, R-I-C-K-Y, at koru.global. And, and right now, anyone that mentions that you saw the Steve podcast, this is obviously a great, great business resource. And I, I love listening to your episode, I have to say. So my little, little fan attention to you. But we'd obviously love to you know work with you specifically and you know discounts and all that fun stuff we can work through. But more than happy to just speak through it. And a lot of times, like I love this creativity. I love kind of brainstorming around how your business can help. And that's just a side fun project. So I feel free, reach out, see our website, let us know what we can do to help. And I'd love to make the world a better place for you. Well, that's, that's a very good segue to the final thoughts. So definitely, this is the future. So let's be more aware, more environmentally friendly. And, and it can actually create more profits for us because it, it triggers our creativity. It's the constraint that will help us think up new solutions. So Ricky, thanks for coming to the show and inspiring uh, me and our listeners as well, hopefully. And if you're listening to the show, uh, check us out on YouTube. All the shows are on YouTube. You can also check out our LinkedIn uh, company page, Steve Preda Business Growth, because we're creating short, highly engaging videos with these frameworks that we're talking about. So you can watch a bunch of them in a minute, uh, a minute or so. So check us out there as well. So thank you for listening and thanks, Ricky, for joining me today.
Thanks for your time. I really appreciate it, Steve.